What's up, podcast? Today we have a great episode. A good friend of mine came by the studio, Ben Jones, former kicker for Purdue University. Um, Ben kicked for basically three seasons at Purdue, where I was his holder for all three seasons. So we got to know each other really well. We became great friends. Um, Still, you know, hang out and in touch to this day. He is a real estate agent here in Indianapolis. uh, Successful one at that. And uh, we just get into his story. So go into his recruiting story Um, from high school. Ben went to Butler University uh, FCS program here in Indy uh, and then on the whim basically decided to transfer and walk on to Purdue University and earn himself a starting spot. Uh, So we talk a little bit about that process, talk about him in high school um, coming up as a soccer player and moving over to uh, kicking in football. And, and really after life in college, life in the Big Ten, and then his actual career and business today, uh, being a real estate agent, um, doing a great job and having success here in Indianapolis. So hope you guys enjoy. Please um, like, uh, subscribe, and leave comments and reviews. That really helps the growth of this podcast. And don't forget to check out my other channels. Uh, platform sports league on instagram um you know twitter youtube all that good stuff let's get into it ben jones what's up man how are you excellent welcome what do you think of my studio this is pretty awesome i mean got the old locker i mean it takes you back to memory lane it does the good old days in west lafayette who were you who's your locker next to at purdue uh, so I was 35, so I had Nico Kudavides, um, to my right, and then Dan Vick to my left for basically the majority of my career. Both linebackers. Yeah. Nico is a baller. Nico's a baller. He's, uh, one of the most entertaining personalities uh, I came across in my, uh, time at Purdue. I mean, great guy. Talked so much smack that, um, I mean, it's just... There's something new every day. Rant on this. I'm already random right now, but have you ever talked smack on a football field in college? Have I ever talked smack? <laughs> um, I, was not, I was not a guy like you know, that. You know, I think after a couple kicks, um, you know, I may have said a couple things, just the guys that get up in your face or, you know, say stuff throughout the game. But what I consider myself a trash talker on a scale of one to ten, probably a one and a half. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, just not not, not my game. That's it. For those that don't know, Ben Jones, former Purdue kicker, good friend of mine. I was the All American holder for Ben. Is was the whole career right? You kicked yeah. what three seasons? Yep. So yeah, we rode it out together, and I mean, we had Bill Real as a long snapper. I mean, yep. the three of us, the three years I was on the field. I mean, we. You were there for every play but one, and that was uh, at Arizona. Shoot, I forgot about that. Was uh, that a f- 45-yarder, and I think it was like the third quarter, and we get out there, and I'd, you were nowhere to be found. <laughs> Who held? Brandon Kirsch. He ran out there. Sprinted out, held it with his wrong hand, and, uh, you know, thankfully I still made it. Well, this is interesting because, all right, most holders are either backup quarterbacks or yeah. specialists like punters or another yeah. kicker or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rarely is there maybe a wide receiver. 
Has there ever been a safety coming back? Number one, that started in defense, mind. Started on defense, came back and held for kicks. So for those that really just thinking about the uh, timeline, you're on defense, you get off the field, you're getting coached up on the sideline, go over nexes and O's, not really paying attention to what's going on. Let's say it's fourth down now, they call for field goal. And I'm in some freaking zone or getting ripped. I think on you were the on phone. the phone with Lou Anarumo. Lou Anarumo. If I remember the story correctly, probably ripping me to shreds for doing something. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't. I mean, I, you know, I didn't play a whole lot of high school football one year, but I can't. Or you know, I've watched a ton of football. I've been a football fan my entire life, but I don't ever remember a free safety being a holder. I mean, that, you might be the only one in Big Ten or college football history. Special, ladies and gentlemen. Special. Yes. All right, let's go back, man. Let's go back. Um, football. So I literally started playing football at, I think, six years old. Let's go. When did you first get involved with playing football itself? So it all started, um, it was basically late fall, which would have been of, two th- of 99. And um, What's that? junior year yeah so basically right after football season of my junior ended and i was sitting in my uh, u.s history class and the teacher dave solomon so backstory i had known him my almost my entire life he was the head varsity basketball coach and i was going to camps every summer and i got to know him and he basically is very you know a huge sports fan um his claim to fame is he coached brad stevens in high school wow um but basically, he, he was just like Jones in his, you know, he'd quit smoking, but he had smoked his entire life. <laughs> uh, he goes, you can kick a football. Why don't you go kick for the football team? Um, and I kind of looked at him, and I was like, what do you mean? And I guess our high school team had just lost um, in the regional finals to Mishawaka Marion, um, and Nick Seta had kicked the game-winning field goal or a late field goal for them to win. Nick Seta went on to kick at Notre Dame, have an awesome career. And so he was like, you know, we need a we need a legit kicker. And I was like, all right, sure, I'll go kick some football. So I, you know, went to my garage, dug out this like two cheap footballs. One had like the sponsor panel on the corner, like the four panels. So it was like the plastic. Oh, I don't like, remember who the sponsor was, but it was like, it wasn't yeah. even a real football. <laughs> so that winter I went out and I just started, you know, kicking for fun. Um, and... I realized that I had a decent leg and I was fairly accurate for someone that really had never done it before. Um, you know, I had a natural ability due to my soccer background. Um, so, and you played soccer all throughout. Yeah. So I played soccer basically my entire life. Um, what position there? I was a goalie. Right. So, um, which helped me down the road once I started playing from the, you know, you're kind of on an Island mentality. Right. Um, and right. so then basically spring of my junior year, um, I kind of kicked, but I was playing competitive soccer. And then that summer, you know, they started summer workouts mm-hmm. and it was a bunch of dads that kind of put like seven on seven together and they're like, Ben, come kick. So I went out there and then all of a sudden they hand me this two inch tee because in high school you can kick off a tee. And I was just like, I was going back to 55 yards and just 
Was that literally the first time you kicked off a two-inch tee? Yeah, I did. I literally because soccer, I kicked off the ground, and right. then I, I mean, I, I, I knew nothing. I was right. so naive. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so, long story short, um, I go out during two days, and so I'd go to soccer two days in the morning, come over in the back half of the morning, and um, I'll never forget they had they put me out on kickoff, and uh, I kicked it over the fence, and they were like. In practice. In practice. So let's backstory. The fence is probably the, the back of the end zone. Right. We were on a practice field. Um, it wasn't like I kicked it through the upright. I mean, it was still uh, legit. It was yeah. And so um, basically, they were like, "Yeah, sign them up." So um, I still, you know, it was just because I had a big leg and I I worked on field goals. Um, and so then there was a freshman I was, so this was my go, this was fall of my senior year. There was a freshman that had kicked like all through middle school and whatever. And he was, you know, good. Um, so I ended up kicking like a handful of field goals, um, and just kicking off my senior year. I did not attempt one extra point. Um, and then, you know, I, season ended, we lost in the state championship to Jay Cutler in double over in, in single overtime. Where, what high school is he from? He's from Santa Claus, Indiana. Played football with John Goldsberry. John Goldsberry. Another beast at the Boilermaker um, And so I thought my football career was over. Um, that winter, became a student. And then in the spring, I played baseball. And um, I got into Butler. And was, I got a, was that always like a goal school? Is it something, something you always looked at? Um. And this is purely like I'm going to college. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I knew straight. I was going to college. It was you know, I didn't want to go to IU. Um, I wanted to go to DePaul, and I um, I'd had conversations with their football coach, the legendary Nick Moro- the legendary Nick Morosis, but I got waitlisted, which was tough because it's where both my parents went. Okay, right. And so then I ended up getting into Butler, and. Their coach calls me and is like, hey, we like what we see on film. We saw you played football. Do you want to come play football for us? Did you send that film to the coach or did your coach? I may. I think I may have. Um, you know, I, I sent my high school film to Purdue. We, we see where that got me. <laughs> um, it worked out. <laughs> I did. But so basically Butler was one double A at the time, which is now FCS, non-scholarship in what I ended up learning was they, I wasn't the only kicker they wanted. Um, but I said, Hey, I'll sure. You know what? I got in, let's play, let's go play football. I wasn't going to play soccer anymore. Uh, I wasn't gonna play baseball. And so I basically gave the coach my word that I'd come to Butler. Come and that to, was, who's the head guy? He's Ken LaRose. Oh, no, so okay, he's, uh, he's, he's still in the administration, but he's not a head football coach there. What's the head coach's name now? Yeah. I, oh man, I don't know. I do know my boy Matt McCarroll there is coaching wide receivers though. There you go. Shout out to McCarroll. Um, all right, so you're there. This is so you show up freshman year, or are you already in college? Well, so I they say come out. Well, no. So I was. This was my. This was like March of my senior in high school. Okay. So So then I legitimately they know you're going to be on the squad. So I go to my crew. I say, all right, I'm going to go there, and then of course I get into DePaul after. But I'd already. I'm a big guy. I'm like. You know, you committed. You right. did the right thing. So right. I went to Butler. 
and I show up, and I'm one of six freshman kickers. Six. Six. That's and, a big number for kickers, by the way. Yeah, and I was like, you know, when I was talking to them in my recruiting process of a whole day visit and some conversation, you know what I mean? It seemed like I was the only guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get there, and um, basically throughout two days, get some opportunities. Um, they had a senior kicker that had, that had kicked um, since a true freshman. But he didn't have a big leg, so I ended up winning the kickoff job, freshman, uh, year. freshman year kickoff, and then um, they gave me like the forty and back, so okay. forty yard and back. Right. Um, so I kicked off basically for the first three or four games, no field goal attempts, and then my first collegiate field goal attempt, three eight eight seconds to go against Albion, a small school from Michigan, okay. in the Butler Bowl. And we're driving, and the coach comes up. He's like, can you hit this? And I was like, yeah, yeah why not? <laughs> what do I have to lose? End up hitting a 46-yarder uh, to win the game. Wow, I did not know yeah, that, Yeah, um, it was pretty cool because it all happened so fast. I didn't know. You know, I mean, it was it was just really neat because I would never attempted anything. Right. I mean. So you go from, I guess, what is that? I don't know, five, six months earlier in April or March. Yeah. To not even just, knowing if I'm going to play. Not if you're playing yeah. football to drilling a, how many yards? 46-yarder. 46-yarder yeah. to win a game. That's awesome. And so then the rest of the year I kicked off and kicked basically 40 and back. Um, and during my time at Butler, I met a volunteer coach by the name of Mark Hagee. And Mark really – he knew the technical side, the – that I mean, I was just raw. I could kick it, and that's about it. Shout out to Mark Hagee. I yeah. know Hagee. Great guy. Great guy. Um, and so what's funny is the weeks before I hit that game winner, he had been getting me to change my field goal steps, and we had changed them literally the week before, and I had practiced with it. And then because I was just – here's how raw I was. I was taking three steps back and just one giant step over to the left. Right. I mean, we've all watched football in the NFL. These guys are so particular. They take two or three steps. It's – so precise so mark basically said to me he's like you know if you work at this you can play at a higher level and i was like okay you know okay mark and then the more i thought about it um it's kind of like you know what you only live once right i mean i could have stayed at butler and been the man for three years and probably had a great career and gotten a degree from butler um but i grew up a Ohio State fan due to my father growing up in Ohio and going to med school there. And so I knew Big Ten football. And I thought, you know what? Let's give Purdue a shot. If I don't make the team, I have some buddies from high school up there. Right. Um, if I do, see where it goes. And um, this is when? So this is at, literally after your freshman year? Yeah. So basically, like the, my, you know, we finished up the season. the season and the winter was when Mark and I started working together probably once every week or two. Um, did you know him before the season? I did not know. Him. I met him at Butler and w- during two days. He just showed up and was like, Hey, I'm here to help the kickers and punters. I'm a volunteer. I mean, Mark was young and really loved football. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Did he, uh, did he work with other kickers outside of that? Like, was he already into that world? I uh, maybe a little, I mean, not nearly as engaged as he is now. I mean, right. I think he, just kind of was like, hey, right. you know, I can gain some experience. I can. He's he's just he's a super nice guy that likes to help. And it's shocking 
and not many people know, but especially back then when we were in college, it was like nobody was on staff that coached kickers. Not a whole lot, no. right? Like our there's, still, teams, there's still plenty right. of colleges where that doesn't happen. Right, where it's not specialized, and we can get into that once we get there about card games and all that. But um, it's just interesting that like you have kickers that are on scholarship at these schools, but you have you know linebacker coaches, and no disrespect to anybody, but – Mark, Coach Mark Hagan, who's now at Texas, uh, one of the great coaches that we know, mm-hmm. but he was our special teams coordinator, and probably the opposite personality to coach a kicker, right? Yeah, but um, he knew what he didn't know. Right, true. And he relied on Hagee a lot. They ended up having a great relationship. Um, I think still do. And I think that's probably why I was somewhat – you know, I'd like to think I was successful. Um, he just said, Ben, you know, you don't cut corners. I know how hard you work. Like, go do your thing. Um, I wasn't the type of guy that he had to, like, get on to work out or do things. He knew I was going to do what I was asked, and I, he knew I wanted to get better. And so he kind of just let me go, which, you know, I think is was a blessing for my personality. I think there's people out there, there's other kids just from me coaching that you have to stay on. Um right. But, yeah, it's just one of those things that college football on shock. Based on the millions of dollars of revenue from a win and a loss, they don't pay a guy 200 k to come in and coach your kickers. <laughs> no doubt. All right, so let's back up. So you basically – you were kicking field goals your freshman year. I mean, uh, there was a senior that was leaving. Yeah, I was kicking 40 and back. So it was a senior that's leaving. The spot's there. Mm-hmm. So it's spot's basically mine if yours. I want it. Yep. And you decide some for some reason I'm going to give this a shot. I mean, I hate the – there's something behind that, dude. No, it's just so you know. I grew up. I said I grew up Big Ten, you know, right. football fan. So I'd been to the Horseshoe. Um, I, I think I'd been to Ross Aid, um, and I'd been to an IU game. And I was just you know, like, you know what? And I grew up a soccer fan, and I you know you see you know I'd watch World Cup. You see all these. I just. A lot of people. I was like, this would be awesome. How cool would it be to just run out in front of 60,000 people at Purdue, 110 at Penn State? Um, so I just said, do it. And if, you know what, you fall short, you fall short. But I knew I was at Purdue, which is a great school, and I had buddies there. So it's not like I was, you know, going to USC where I right. didn't know anyone. Um, I think that's a huge point, though. Like, a lot of guys, and I've said this before, but, like, you get a lot of messages like, go where you're wanted, go where, you know, you're needed. But at the same time, screw it. You know what I mean? Like, if you have this dream and you have this want to go give it a shot and roll the dice, and that's you. You live with it. You make the freaking decision. It's one of those where I didn't want to wake up. Yeah, I didn't want to kick it, Butler, for, let's say I finished out my career, had a great career, and, you know, whatever. And it's like, what, you know, could I have gone to Purdue and done this? Right. Could I have played in front of 100,000 people at Penn State and done this? I don't know. Love it. Love that you say that. Um, So, yeah, I just basically made the choice, and I uh, applied to Purdue. And um, after uh, retaking a summer school class at Butler, got in. (laughs) Who was uh like who was the connection? Was it Hagen? So as as it was Scott him? Downing. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah he was the special yeah, team. Yeah, he was special guy. team. So he and Hagee knew each other not close, but just from um, camps, working right. camps in the summer. And so Hagee basically was like 
I mean, I don't know how the conversation went, but I got a kid that's raw. Um, give him a shot, and if you don't like him, he's happy to go to school there. Basically, the gist of it. So what happened was I went up, which would have been the fall of '02. So I did not go to two days. I came after school started. Okay. So I basically joined the team week one. I have no recollection of that. It's all right. That's we weren't so boys weird. then. <laughs> we weren't. Um, and so I basically just – I didn't do anything at practice um, because I was a kicker. They were in season. They were given reps to Barron, who was the starting kicker. The, right. the, he was a junior, Juke All-American. And I was just kind of hanging out, kicking um, – Talk about that real quick. So in a, in a practice, so we're in the fall, so it's season. Obviously, we're in season, you know, game prep and all that stuff. But, like, for a kicker or for that specialist group, you had a period that you were kicking. But then what else? Um, Like, when we're in offense, defense, and you got Downing, who is the running back coach, right? Yeah. yeah. He was a special teams coordinator, running back coach. We got a group of guys. How many? Baron, you, so maybe five. at least five, five to six guys that are either like a specialized long snapper or kickers or mm-hmm. a punter. Yeah. Slayton, was he there? Yeah, Brent Slayton. Dave uh, Brightest after, yeah. What are you guys doing? I know there was card games going on. Was this <laughs> it in this year? No, it was it was 0-2, yeah, Andy Nelson. Andy Nelson. Um, so, I mean, this is going to come across poorly, but it is what it is. It's all good, man. So, basically, we'd kick – You'd stretch and we'd go into punt, and then, um, you know, we may hit some easy, like, extra points or whatever, but then we'd have, like, a 45-minute break. So, a lot of times, we'd go into Mollenkopf, the inside, and we'd do, like, soccer golf or punt golf. Right. So, which is, like, basically playing golf with football. It's actually a lot of fun. We'd play pig, um, kicking into uprights. Um, my go-to is I could hit from – I could hit left-footed from, like, 44 yards. So Opposite. if I ever got down, I'd just go to 40 yards and hit left-footed kicks and win. Nail it. Um, <laughs> but there were uh, there were some card games. Um, Andy Nelson did order Jimmy John's one day. <laughs> Dang man. Um, Basically, the point is, I think back then, I think it's changed. Obviously, right. More more specialized, more attention, but there was some space in but there I for think, specialists. I mean. It's, it, it comes across if you did nothing. Mm. And I'm a true believer in quality over quantity. If we were to go in there and kick for two hours, our legs would be dead. Right. And and so what would happen would be we'd have kickoff or kickoff return in the middle of practice. So we'd take the 10 minutes for that, get warmed up. We'd go hit kickoff or go kickoff return. Then we'd come back in. We'd have like 40 minutes till field goal. And that's when we really put our work in. You know, we'd work on steps and, you know um, – Based on how the nets and Molkoff were, you could literally divide the uprights in half or, like, pick a seam. And we'd work on some technical stuff. You know, I'd help Brent with uh, punting and snapping. Um, so it's not like we just goofed around the entire time. And then our field, the way we did it was field goal was the last thing, the last um, thing in practice. And so the last 30 minutes, you're really working. Because there's no point in getting warm, getting cold, getting warm, getting cold, getting warm. I mean – Right. And, and, and honestly, at that point in the season, it's a marathon. So you, you don't want to be kicking 100 balls a day. And you also, you're judged on how you're performing at the end of practice. So you want to be fresh. Right. And so depending on 
if it's your job or not. I mean, if, if you're competing, like you're probably not going to do a whole lot of work during practice because you want to be at your best at the end. Makes sense. And so that's the flip side of that is like, yeah, it sounds like we played cards and didn't do anything, but at the same time, like, well, when you had to perform, you wanted to be at your best. No doubt. Love it. Um, all right, so this is your true sophomore year. Yeah, so basically we didn't – yeah, so I, I was – really doing nothing during i mean i was working i was working on at, you know at practice i was kicking and all that but like i was getting zero live reps the first five weeks and then unfortunately for the team it was a blessing for me i was in the right place at the right time um baron struggled mm. um in the game he had a bad game against the wake forest mixed mm, three right. in the fourth quarter i Tough one. Tough, tough yeah. One. So basically, uh, Coach Tiller thought it'd be good if I started getting some reps. And I think from that point, it was like a pressure thing to put on Baron right. more than like seeing if I was worth anything. Who Tiller was freaking known for. Quarterback position. Oh, yeah. Kicker position. He loved to put heat on yeah, whoever just was heat. And so uh, Baron and I basically started like week five, week six, started splitting reps the field goal at the end of the season. And... um. I, I kicked pretty well. I mean, I didn't make every kick, obviously, but I think. No offense to Baron, but I had a bigger leg. Right. Um, and I, I, I thought I performed pretty well, and so then. Um, that spring, basically, they opened up the job to say, "All right, compete." Right. So you didn't redshirt. Well, I just sit out a year. So when you transfer up, okay, right. So I yeah. transferred from one double A at that time to one A. You have to sit out a year. So I was so sitting you're there out that fall. That fall, I couldn't play. I was a red shirt. Okay, yeah. So now we're talking fall 03. Fall 03, I'm a tr- red shirt sophomore. Right. You start getting reps. That's when the back and forth with Baron is. So happening. the spring of 03, I started getting reps. Won the job in spring, and then so I basically then was on the field 03 or 05. Gotcha. Solid. Um, I don't know if this is the right spot, but talk about the kicker culture in general. So kickers, long snappers, punters, I feel like every all the kickers across the country know each other. They know the coaches involved. It's just a small, like this close-knit community. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. Uh, I think for the most part you're right. Um, a lot of times um, – you work camps together in the summer. I was just going to say, it's got to be the camp circuit. So I would, in the summer, I'd go work. Uh, at that point, it was play like the pros with Doug Pelfrey, who kicked for the Bengals for years, and Jim Breach. And so I was, um, you know, working camps with the kickers from Michigan, Robbie Gould from Penn State, um, you know, some guys from some smaller schools, Kentucky. Weren't you boys with Novak? Nick Novak. Novak from Maryland. Yeah. He's still XFL. He's XFL. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. I'll never forget working at a camp in Kentucky. Because um, it was Saturday morning, we're all out there stretching, and Jared Lorenzen, hefty lefty, is mm. out there pulling a sled because they're trying to get him to lose the weight. Wow, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, close, you know, because you're all kind of in it together. You're all – you're on the team, but you're a kicker. I mean, right. you're the stereotype – um, and so you, you know, you text throughout, you know, the season, how you doing, you're, you know, you're watching each other's games when you can, um, and you develop relationships. I mean, my senior year when Robbie was with the bears, I went up for a bears game and he, you know, stayed with Robbie and, 
So you you come close because you're all experiencing the same thing in a different way. I always felt a small piece of that, just a little bit. You, you were my bridge. You were to part that of world. it. I mean, without you, I, you know, I mean, I can't. I don't think you gave me. I think you gave me one one bad hold my entire career. What can I say? And I think that's a like a ninety nine point nine nine percent track record. And I don't even. I mean. And it was, I still remember it was a 50 yard at Wisconsin. <laughs> Love it, man. What a, so, and that, the thing that I had no idea about was literally the science of it. So I don't know how to break that down on a podcast, but like, you know, how, how specific, how specific, like what got me for the first, when I was first introduced as a holder, cause I held in high school, I had no idea what I was doing. It was like the opposite knee and I had the wrong things going on. And the first time I'm trying to think of there's a football in here. One of the shows. I don't. But the surface area of the football. Right. Like literally the in lean. high school, I would just be like straight up. But then in college, I was introduced to the lean forward and in right. to give you more surface area. Right. And then the the biggest thing for me was literally we would move that quarter of a yard, half a yard to re uh, to uh, adjust off of Villarreal snacks. Yep. Like you want certain Which amount of rotation. Which is a whole topic. I I mean. Let me take a branch off that. Yeah. There should never, an NFL kicker should never, ever get laces. Ever. Because of who? Because of that. Where, so basically, line. stay with me here. A snapper snaps, a perfect snap based on rotation, somewhere between seven and seven and a half yards. The holder should catch it and be able to put it down with the laces facing out. In the NFL, snappers are basically perfect. Right. So there's no reason how you can't figure out in the NFL between seven and seven and a half yards where that spot is so the punter can catch it and put it down and have the laces out. I mean, it shocks me. I watched the Kansas City, I think it was the, I don't know if it was the NFC or the championship game or the Super Bowl, but Harrison Bucker got laces on like a 40-yarder. And I'm like, really? I'm looking at TV and I'm like, that should never happen in the NFL. Right. Wow. And I didn't know, I know people all around just don't know the science that goes into that. No, and it's it, it, there's so much. It's a game of inches. Your steps back, um, where the ball is placed, the 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 snap. Um, like you said, the the ro- do the rotation of the ball and the length. Because usually most kickers are seven yards. I kicked from seven and a half in college because at seven and a half yards, K Smith could catch the ball and put the ball down. And nine times out of ten, the laces are facing out, which made his life easier. It made the confidence that I'm not going to get laces enormous um and so it's just it, it's simple but it's not right um well all right talk about your mental approach as a kicker like to me i've always compared it to like golf swings i guess mm-hmm. in my mind and how much what the hell goes on in your head in between your ears in those kicks in those big kicks so where we are in the story, you are the guy, right? O three, O four, O five. You're a starter. We'll get into some of those scenarios, I guess. But in general, you're in big time situations, small situations. What's the mental approach? You know, give me your um, philosophy. I guess. I mean, it's the same thing every kick. But is it? No. I mean, <laughs> you, you you try not. I mean, you. You have confidence from success, and you get success from confidence. So which is first, the chicken or the egg? And I think if you're confident in your ability, you really go out there and you're excited for the opportunity. 
um, where I think, whether it's a kicker, a pitcher, a golfer, when they start to go into a drought or have a, a slump, it's because they've lost that, like, that, that excitedness for the opportunity. They're more like they feel the pressure to do it. Um, I mean, what went on in my head? I mean, you get out there and it, it's routine. You right. want to make it as easy as you can. I mean, you've, you've taken your steps a thousand times. You kick the ball a thousand times. But right there, like your first time out there, it has to be in your mind. So, I'm, yeah, I'm I mean, trying I'm, to think. Like, so, I know it was for me, and maybe after like three plays, yeah. I was back in practice. So, but you don't get that. No, so my – I always – preferred my first attempt of the game so i love the i love to kick off the start of the game true because right. you got you out there you got the you got the adrenaline going you know you got the keys right yeah. um and it like you know it got you in the it got you involved um if we did not kick off first then i wanted my first kick to be an extra point um just to get out same reason it's right. you know i get out there you hit it um but you know, you 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 do it so many times, so it's routine when you get out there. But then you get out there and you still, I mean, I was nervous probably every time you go out there, right. and I, I wouldn't call it nervous. It was like adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. But nervous, I can completely tell you. Um, Bowling Green first game, playing against Urban Meyer, and I didn't realize. Yeah, that, Urban man. Meyer. Wow, what is that? That's O three. Um. It's funny. Oh, yeah. There's a picture, um, my first extra point, um, and it just, I, I don't know, it's its special, but, I mean, that was the most nervous I've ever been in my life. Right. Because here I was, I had kicked really two years. I had never, I had never attempted an extra point in a game, ever. Wow. And so, and then... So I made it, obviously, and then we have a 38-yarder later in the game, and I was like, "Here it is! Right. All right, you came all this way. Like, are you gonna let's see what we're made of? I mean, because you know, if I say I missed three kicks, like I'm benched and I'm probably never playing again. Right. And I made it, but if you look at the film, my form was the worst. <laughs> if you look at every kick in my Purdue career, the worst form of all of them was your first. Uh-oh. Attempts and yeah, yeah. for 38 yard against what? And it was like I fell way off. I reached and honest to God, I think it went in because I was just so hyped and so nervous that I just crushed Drilled it. it. Yeah, um, it's it's funny too. Like I knew after a while, you could tell. Like I wouldn't even have to look that the feel of the ball, the feel of the kick, I knew it was good. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if it was like off or something didn't click, you could tell as a holder. Which yeah, is weird. That's insane, man. Two years, not even two years of kicking. Really? And yeah. You're in front of, you know, 60,000, 60, 56,000, yeah. whatever it is. No. Um, what is, you know, obviously that's a cool story. If somebody were to tell you just like your coolest memory, I guess, on the field, off the field, I guess around game day, what would you say? Um, being around game day, I always, and it's, probably similar to a lot of people is running onto the field i always was the last one well so when when our team came out when our team came out we were not yes. specialist yeah. right, right, right when our team came out it's just there's something just yeah i was always last 
with you that freaking jog of yours. Yeah, well, you <laughs> right. you're and, right. And, okay. Well, I was also, uh, from an efficiency standpoint, I was literally one of the managers waiting for me with a ball. And gotcha. I, but I always liked being the last one out. Um, and I'll never forget, I, at a camp that summer before, um, I don't remember who I was talking. I think it might have been Jim Breach. And he goes, take mental pictures throughout your career for spe- like for moments he's like you'll you'll just you'll be thankful you did and so i always you know you walk out and you're like all right here's another opportunity like because i mean i think you know my story isn't the typical hey you're a stud you get recruited right. and so i was you know just what we're about here life of football that's, yes, what, that, that's yes. what this exists for um that and then after you know singing the height song after um i think the just hanging out like the locker room right i mean it's you can be yourself and there was no i mean we were in the area of no social media i mean facebook was just starting to come up uh but like those relationships you build and um (laughs) and then the tough times too like the the 6 a.m workouts stuff like that builds builds character builds you know makes day-to-day life now that you're in the real world i mean oh you got to get up at six o'clock to go do something it's not the right. world i still struggle with it just but yes um on the field i don't know i mean i think the first one that comes to mind is the game winner at wisconsin mm-hmm. <laughs> um the, the, the story behind i mean there's something special there too is that summer i was kicking with my brother and we were doing game winning celebrations after we we're making kicks. I mean, you, you know, you're in college, you're having some fun. And I promised him, we're coming from a soccer background. You score a goal, all these guys in Europe, you like the airplane. All right. Um, and so I promised him if I ever hit a game winner, I do the airplane. And so I hit a game wow. winner and I, I got hit, but I got up and I'm doing the airplane and there's this great picture of me just flying and you're reaching out. I'm trying to, you're trying to be in it. I know. Me, and I feel bad now. I got we, screwed, man. But I think we remedied it after that. Cause we had our own little handshake after kicks. Yep. And you had your thing with Villarreal, yeah. right? Um, that was awesome, man. And then I think probably my the moment that I knew I could hang and like I knew I was I belonged. Probably was a forty-six yarder at Notre Dame, against Notre Dame at home. I think it was like our fourth game, Brady Quinn's Brady first Quinn, start. Right. It was like a first quarter, and you know it was really my first test. I had had like a thirty-eight yarder. A, probably some easier chip shots at wake forest and you know it's national tv or home and um i had some buddies that oh oh, ben's playing actually made the team like he's on the field like we should go watch him (laughs) um and i hit it and i remember so i was like pumping my fist or whatever and uh tiller it's like calls me over and he's like like, great kick he's like celebrate with your teammates (laughs) from then on Except the Wisconsin. He was so interesting with special teams, man. Like, I remember I'm getting, I got ripped a few times. Like, let's say it was a miss or, it was, you know, it was close. And he snatched me up by the shoulder pads. He's like, you got to sell it. Like, you got to celebrate like it went through. I'll never forget that. I'm like, all right, coach. I mean, I don't know how much that's going to really make a difference. But he was into it. He, he timed every He timed snap. every kick my, like, in practice, in a yeah. game. That was his thing. That one, under one, two operation. One two operation, man. So that's good stuff. Looking back, I guess. So after graduation, I have plenty of things that I'd say I left on the table. You know what I mean? 
Not that, you know, I'm okay with, there's people that live like no regrets kind of thing. Me personally, it's more like you have to learn and recognize those regrets and and learn to grow. So I have definite things that I know I could have done better. I know I could have spent my time in different places. Thinking back, if you were to, you know, talking to a high school kid that's going to college and going to play at this level, what would you have taken advantage of a little more? What opportunities were out there for you, basically? Um... Or maybe not. Maybe you said, you know, I took advantage of everything. I mean, I, well, opportunity. see, that's like, I went into it with, I mean, basically, I think from my end is, I, it turned out to be a way cooler story than I ever thought it was going to be. Right. I didn't think what was going to happen was going to happen. And so I'm grateful that, you know, I got to play for three years, got put on scholarship, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, if I had to look back while I was at Purdue, what would I have taken advantage of more? Um, I don't know. I mean, I probably could have gone to class more. <laughs> we all could have done that. Um, but from a football perspective, there's nothing that jumps out of me because I also <clears throat> I enjoyed the process. I enjoyed right. the working, the working out. I enjoyed being coached. I enjoyed you know coaches being hard on me um, because you learn that way. Right. You develop that way. You become a better person that way. It's made life after football in like just life situations, like dealing with failure. I'm an industry that, you know, I fail not all the time, but failure is a relative, like it's a consistent part of what I do. Right. Um, And so how you deal with that, how do you respond? Do you get down or you like, you move on to the next thing. Um, But there's, I mean, I, I I wish I would have gone to other sporting events more now that I think about it. I mean, I went to some basketball games, but I wish I would have gone to a couple of baseball games. I mean, I played baseball my entire life. Um, maybe take advantage of the college. Yeah, I mean, no, we did take advantage I, of the college. We sure life, did. I but mean, I know what you're saying. So for me, I, like networking, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. taking advantage of uh, rubbing elbows with donors and well, maybe not donors. Yeah, donors like alumni, uh, people who are out there in the professional world that I had no idea what I wanted to do, but at the same time, shaking every freaking hand that I could. Right with potential opportunities. I know that X's and O's wise, if I had to go back, like, yes, I would live college life, but weight room film, uh, sitting in coaches meetings. Like I was, I was always in, I did, I did the pre, the preparation stuff like the week of, but, uh, I only took advantage of what was either required of me or what say, Hey, you got to get in here and do that. I would do that. But there's way more that could be done on my end, I think. That's just what I'm I mean, yeah, about. I mean, I wasn't required to right. watch. I mean, I watched film. Right. But I wasn't, it wasn't like Ben, go look at the kicker for Notre Dame this weekend. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, and I didn't have a, a true kicking coach up there, so. Did you, um, after 05, that 05 season, mm-hmm. you were there another semester, weren't you, or no? Yeah, you I graduated in. That is another regret of mine. So I graduated right after the season and I was so done for and damaged my body. I was like, I just couldn't wait to get home. Right. And I wish I would have been there for a semester of my life. I'm sure my, it was probably the best decision I made. I mean, I I say that kiddingly. I mean, at that time I was on scholarships, it was free. Right. And I only needed like six hours to fulfill my degree requirement. So I took I think I had to take eight to get my full scholarship site. And so I took like, I don't think I took golf. 
but I took something. And you lived there right on. Oh, I took a, I took an Ivy Tech online course. Look at that. Yeah, I mean, I lived right across the street from Harry's. But yeah, I mean, it was. But it, you know what? That was fun because then I got to be a student. Right. Um, yeah, I still I was recovering from some surgery and everything, but like the day to day life was like it was fun for me because I never got to be a regular student. Right. Um, and I, you know, another, I wish I would have walked through campus more. I feel like I always like drove and parked and then walked because I had to drive to get to football. And so it's like I wish I would just like walk through campus more and been so a normal been a normal student more. But it's yeah. just like you're, and you know it. You're so tired. You're like, just get me to class. So like, oh, I have a 30 minute window. Dude, I can get a 20 minute nap. Like you, <laughs> you totally like, you're not. And then when you're having a away game and like you're getting home at three o'clock and you got to be in the weight room at nine, it's just like, during the week, any amount of sleep is just heaven. Heaven. One last thing about a playing career. So I, I didn't really mention. So technically, you were transferred, right? You transferred yep. in. What was just thinking of you know if somebody were to listen that is transferring or thinking of it going to a new culture going to a new team a new locker room like how was it for you i think you were a little different because like you said you had your boys there you had friends around but not necessarily on the team right no i didn't know anyone on the team actually what was that like i mean i think for me i was i know going there i was a shy kid it took people to bring me out of my dorm room to actually go hang out and and have friends but for you, that coming into a place where, like, these groups are already established, right, yeah. like, I, there were already freshmen that were there, that we were the same age. What was that like, just in injecting yourself into um, that culture? It was, I mean, it was tough. I mean, that, that first day you walk in, you're like, hey, I'm the new guy. Because right. they had all been together. You guys had all been together for and two days. Right. right. You've so all been together for two days. So, like, class. you've already developed those, like, relationships and those groups. And then I'm a kicker, which is, like, right. <laughs> the stereotype of like, hey, look at the kicker in the corner. I mean, right. Um, so it was tough, but you know, it's just one of those things. Um, I had I moved briefly in high school to and from Arizona. We were there for twenty months. Moved back, um, and I think that helped me because it was just kind of like mm. you knew. I knew that eventually the the relationships would develop, and I knew if I worked out with everyone and like I wasn't lazy I did my job I made some kicks in practice that like they're gonna naturally like open up to me because I don't suck I mean, right. as bad as that <laughs> I mean as bad as it sounds like if I if the new guy shows up and he's terrible like no one wants to hang out with him right yeah that is I mean and even that I mean even if you do I feel like sports is just the ultimate equalizer like you come in 100% there's a group of guys that are going through the same freaking struggles yep. And automatically you relate to somebody going through the right. same experience. So it was tough, but I mean, I was also in awe of the facility of like, oh my gosh, there's Gatorade in the locker room. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I came from a high school, you know, a high school locker room, steel lockers, Butler locker room was in Hinkle Field House, hadn't changed since 1970. And yeah. all of a sudden I walk in, you have these beautiful wood lockers and Gatorade and, uh, you know, a, a player's lounge. You know, I, I thought I, you know, hit the jackpot so i think you know from a culture perspective it's it's one of those things that like you said it's the sports is the greatest equalizer if you show up and work hard you're gonna make friends because you're the guy next to you is gonna be working hard running those sprints or lifting those weights and it's just that's why sports brings together everyone from different backgrounds in life whether you're you know from every from the city from rural i mean just 
that's why guys in the NFL, even though one guy's making fifteen million a year and one guy's making two million a year, they're boys because like they're all trying to accomplish the same thing. No doubt. Absolutely. So let's touch base on what you do now, how life is now. So basically you get out of school and you you basically taught me about the real estate world, I guess. Not a whole lot, but I didn't really understand in the beginning, like you're starting from scratch. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, so talk about transition. I so, open that up. I, I mean, guess. yeah. Um, so basically, you know, get done with Purdue in May, and um, I had had a hip surgery late December, the previous December, and then a sports hernia surgery three weeks before the draft. Um, and I had worked out for some teams, but basically, long story short, when agents called on draft day my agent was like listen you can't pass a physical for another four mm. or six weeks which got me to my mother being like hey why don't you my mom been in real estate like three years why don't you come work with me in real estate while you get healthy and then you know see where that you know if you get healthy have a shot well so i got healthy uh that summer i basically took my real estate exam started in june of 06 got healthy was working out Long story short, I knew pretty quickly that I didn't. Ha I was not on the level that I was at Purdue. Yeah. I mean, I could still. I was going to ask that accurately. I could. I mean, I could still go out there and, from a field goal perspective, I'm accurate. The the pop, I lost right. five yards. Right. In um, five yards is, if, I probably needed to add five yards from Purdue to have a good look in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I mean, I from a field goal perspective, I think I was fine. It was kickoffs with NFL balls travel don't travel as so far. Anyway. Long story short, I was not close to an NFL level. Right. I realized that I'm a realist too. I'm like, all right, well, you know what? Let's shut this door. <laughs> so at this point, which is hard. That's, yeah, that's not. I mean, it's very hard for it, a lot of people. Hundred percent. But it, it was some e guys don't shut that door. Correct, but it's easier for me because my career turned out. I didn't ex like it was. It was just a wild ride. Right. I mean, I was like, I'm, I'm gonna take it for a ride, and when I run out of gas. Here I am. And right. so that's where I was. I was, yes, I probably still wonder um, sometimes, but I, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so then I'm in real estate now. I'm 22, June of 06, 22, uh, no, 24, 23, 23. You know, I'm in this business that you have to go find business. Mm. Um, and I'm at an age where no one my age is buying homes. And so basically the next, it took me basically six months to get my first sale. And that was based off, uh, it was a girl that I grew up with, um, buying her first house. And so basically, um, I kind of helped my mom out with showings and some paperwork, but I really started to build my business on relationships. Um, and the first couple years were rough because I mean, 2007, 2008, 2009, I mean, Tough financial crisis, started, um, no and, you know, and kind of like going, transferring to Purdue, I didn't, I was naive. I didn't know the process. I didn't know. I mean, if you, if you say, if you had looked back and said, okay, you're at Butler, you're going to end your career doing this. What are the odds of that happening? If you had told me like that would happen, I'd be like, there's no way. Right. So same thing with real estate. It was like, I didn't like the market crashes and like all these agents that I know are in panic and freaking out. I didn't know any different. Hmm. I'm like, I thought it was always like this. Right. Like I always got to do short sales and, you know, 
open houses all the time and just I didn't this is what I thought it was which was a lot of work for not a lot of money and then as things got better my relationships um, that I had people started you know they had gotten jobs making some money and long story short 14 years later I here I am with a team of four 14 and years 14 years it'll be I should say 14 years in June um, and it's I mean, I, I love it. It's something different every day. Running the Indianapolis market. Yeah. I'm on my way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> shit, no doubt. We're on the way. I think um, one of the highlights just to think about, because I like to mix a little, hopefully, uh, career stuff in mm-hmm. here, because that's my background too. But um, the scheduling, it's it's tough, and it's, what would you call it? I mean, it's not static as far as the schedule. So you have to be in a lot of places, different times, oh, different yeah. days. Yeah, so, I mean, every day is different. Um, I mean, it could be showings in the morning, showings in the evening. It could be negotiating. It could be a listing appointment. It could, it could be putting a sign up. It could be phone calls to vendors to get inspection estimates. Um, I'm in my car a lot. Um, but it's something different every day. No doubt. Um, but that's, it's basically, you know, thank God for my iPhone. Um, and you can do a lot on there, but what I think you structure your day, whether it's this profession or any profession to what's, what you prioritize. So are you prioritizing family workout? friends profe- you know professional and so i think some days there's a lot more of one than the other but there's a balance um i always try and structure my day um you know so i can hopefully get some sort of workout in but i also want to see my kids but i also if i can't do any of that and have a roof over my head if i don't work and so just depending on what the day is but i'm constantly you know my mind's constantly running of how do I become more successful, more efficient? How do I grow? What are there ways to do that? Um, but I think the one thing that I still do, which I was told very early on is when you're, when I was, you know, trying to grow my business is take care of the people you have mm. because they will, whether it's this industry or whatever, but take, whether you're a boss or not, take care of who you have because they're going to, make you better they're going to refer you out they're going to go above and beyond because they're cared for and they can tell versus if if they're just a transaction then right so you're talking about clients more I yeah mean, both, clients both. and then like like with? i have um we were talking before we started about renee who i hired basically as an admin um you know if i didn't treat her well and show appreciation there's a hundred other agents in the near that would take her. I mean, right. she's, she's a rock star. And so, but I also knew if I, if I wanted to grow, I needed to hire her. And so it's like a balance. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, structure your day, how you want and what you want to accomplish, whether that's if you're in high school, if you, you know, want to put on 10 pounds of muscle, um, get up at 6 a.m. go to the weight room. Mm. I mean, simple as that. people, and it's, it's, it is that simple. And it's the hard part that drives me is people always make excuses in this day and age. And it's just like, do it. I mean, it sucks. Yeah, you wake up, you're tired, but just do it. And if you do it for two weeks, I guarantee you, your body's going to adjust. So it's not going to be tired. And you're going to see results. And when you see those results, 
you're going to want to work even harder. Right. And so whether it's professionally, you know, there's di- there's phone calls I don't want to make, whether my clients didn't get the offer or I think we should drop the price or whatever. You just do it. Right. Um, and it's just easier to do it that way. And I think from a, you know, from a perspective of a high school athlete, I think if you, if you structure your day and you take out half your social media time and you either dominate that to reading about your, what you want to get better at, um, watching film, um, working out, I, I think you will be steps above. And that, that could be a difference between um, playing football at Butler and Purdue. I mean, in theory. Right. I mean, no if doubt. you put in that time over the course of a year, um, and that's, you have, and the thing is, today's kid has so much more access to information than we ever did. Like, they can get on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like, when I work with my kickers at Rebuff, they're already a natural for the most part because most of them played soccer, but they can get on YouTube and watch Robbie Gould kick a hundred times where I didn't, I didn't have that. I didn't even think of that for yeah. like kickers or like uh, technique, I guess, yeah, like for individual things. Quarterbacks like now. I mean, they, oh, get, yeah. they get on, watch Tom Brady right a hundred times. And it's right. like, instead of scrolling through your Instagram feed and or your Snapchat, take 30 minutes and watch Tom Brady or, you know, Tyreek Hill. Right. Travis Kelsey, or if you're an O lineman, you know, Anthony Costanza, just watch their footwork. I'm sure there's drills out there. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so, and that's another thing, like visualize. Visualize helps you. Become, I mean, but the, you got to put in the work. I mean, whether it's football, professionally, unless you win the lottery, you're going to you're gonna have to work. And hard work and perseverance over the long term is paid off. And there's a quote I had on my mirror as a kid. It's still hanging out in my parents' house in my bathroom overnight success takes 15 years love it it's true that's awesome when did you have that up there like when did you my put senior it year when i decided to lose weight we didn't even talk about that whole thing man Damn. crap I mean, dude that was, that was big so you were let's get back we'll go back real quick you're a big guy i was i was went through uh i mean i'll never forget the first time i thought someone else thought i was fat and that was this is a funny story. Truth, man. Second grade, Eagle Elementary, and when people didn't finish their cart, milk cartons, they put them up by the uh, drinking fountain for other kids to drink. And so this is before coronavirus, right? Oh yeah, this was. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, and so I was a big chocolate milk fan. So I kept one day, I kept I probably had like three or four extras, and someone comes in like Ben, you don't need those. And I'm like. Huh? Really? And I mean, I ate a lot. Um, long story short, my junior year, I was 5'10, 280 pounds. And so, yeah, like when I started kicking, I was big. Right. I was more of an O lineman. I mean, I was asked to play O line my entire like middle school career, and my dad said no. I mean, thankfully, I was a good soccer goalie, so like I mm. had an excuse. And then when I um, basically long, I mean, why did I lose weight? Two answers. Um, I answered the phone when my uncle died of a heart attack at 54. Um, and I wasn't getting any girls. Mm. I was every girl's best friend. <laughs> That'll do it, huh? I mean, motivation. All my friends, you know, they're soccer studs. And right. all the chicks are good. They're all coming to talk. All the girls were talking to me about all my friends because they thought they were cute and hot. And here I am everyone's best friend so 
I said I do something about it. Um, that summer before my senior year, I worked uh, construction. And it was another thing that has shaped me um, from a I will never do that again in my entire life. <laughs> Getting up at 5 o'clock and working all day. And I was just a grunt laborer. Like, it was like, Ben, take the cement bag up two stairs. Right. Two, like, I, was do, I was building absolutely nothing. I was just right. tr- moving trash. So I got down to about 225 before my f- freshman year. And, uh, basically that was when I kicked and, uh, played soccer. And then I was about 225 until I basically played around that weight through my freshman year at Butler or for the, through the fall of my freshman year at Butler. And then when I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to Purdue. I was like, I gotta be in the best shape of my life. And I got down by that. By the time I got to Purdue, I think I was like 200. And then, um, I'm at a weight room and. Um, I think I played at anywhere between like 205 and 212. You haven't stopped since. Yeah. Well, I don't lift nearly as heavy now. But no, yeah, I mean, I, but that's – and I think that going through that right. just gave me like the – in the back of my mind like, you know what, I can do it. Like, right. Just do it. Just do it. I mean, just literally – I mean, it's – Nike as that sounds, right, right. just do it. Put your mind to it and do it. As you're talking about the story and, and these different things, and you say that, like, you've always been a guy that literally just executes. You say you're going to do something, you do it, you follow up. I struggle with that. Like, I, I have all the ideas, but the execution is like you tail off sometimes, but you've always stayed consistent. I respect the hell out of that. Oh, I think that. that. I think, appreciate that. But, like, I'm not an idea guy. Right, gotcha. I'm like a... Okay, this is it. All right, this is where I want to be. How do I get there? And I I think I just developed that over time. I was not like that growing up. I was a lazy uh why why isn't like why isn't someone else making this happen for me? Mm-hmm. Um And then I think once I lost weight and then got to Purdue, it was just kind of like I realized at that point like if it was up to me, like if it was to I, there's a Quote, like, if it's to be, it's up to me or something like that. And I just realized, like, if no one else is going to make this happen for me and I get one opportunity, which is a whole nother thing I thought of, um, and I just want to make the most of it. But I am shocked at the amount of people, I shouldn't say people, players or people that get the opportunity that just don't. Like, there was, I'll never forget, there was a time in the weight room with a guy that wanted to play in the NFL, so it really shows how much I know. But he's just like, we're, we're doing like the abs with the 45-pound weights. And he's like, I'm not doing this. And I'm like, here's an opportunity for you to get better. And right. he's just like, nah. Now he went non-player for the CLC Hawks for right. <laughs> But he was also a freak out. But I'm just saying like that – and I, that it's it's apparent at the high school level. Yeah. I mean, every time you go to work out, every time you do that, it's an opportunity for you to get better. And Jim Lathrop banged that into my head. Right. He's like, you skip a workout, you can't make that up ever again. No doubt. And so that's the way I kind of – if you talk to my wife that if something's important to me, I will do it to the detriment of family time sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I try and be the best that I can, but sometimes I'm selfish, but I just, that's just the way I'm wired. I respect it, man. Shoot. We just want a full hour. Legit awesome. podcast episode. There we go. Ben, again, I, I respect the crap out of you. I appreciate our friendship. Hey, thanks man. for having me. Thanks for coming by.